Hey guys, it's Brad with College Sportscast, and we are presented by the Fanboys. Just wait, wait for it. Brad can't hear a thing. Oh, oh, and go, Brad. You're you're on. Do it. Do it now. He's blurry now, so now he's he's ready. I'm he's back. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Hey guys, College Sportscast. We got a special show for you tonight. We're going to do a mock draft, NFL mock draft for you. This is going to be our second edition of the mock draft. This time we have Peter, better known as the mock draft guy, with us tonight. He runs uh, his own YouTube channel and does other things. I'll let you kind of um, tell about what all you do for your channel and your networks and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, first off, Brad, thank you for having me. About time that we finally got to get this going. I know this is like the third time that we tried to get this going, but yep. it's just like Brad's internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> I knew all along, right? It's just how it, how it rolls. But, you know, um, you know when, when it comes to YouTube and everything, I do standard mock drafts. I do seven round team mock drafts. I do player profiles as well, where I highlight, I, I take the best attributes, worst attributes, team fits, scheme fits, all that kind of stuff for the top players in that year's draft. Uh, yeah, I do redrafts as well. I do a whole bunch of stuff that has to do with draft, everything that you want to know about players and, and prospects and everything like that. And, you know, just all that good, fun stuff. And uh, I also do have a podcast for those of you who are wondering, it's all sports news. So uh, the huge Instagram page, uh, all Sports News, who has 585,000 followers, that creator and myself have a Holy podcast. Cow. It's super, it's super fun. Uh, once a week, we put out episodes, usually anywhere between Sunday or Monday. We put out about episodes between an hour and a half, two hours long, just shooting the breeze, man, talking about sports, everything that has to do with sports, not just football. It's a hell of a time. Hey, speaking of breeze, That's awesome. uh, brain breeze for uh, Atlanta Falcons first pick. <laughs> so the nfl stuff is heating up um you know we've got pro days and workouts and everything that's went on in the last week or two all the top quarterbacks have had their pro days now and we're even sneaking in some some meetings and private workouts and all that kind of stuff right now so yeah it's beautiful time for smoke screens and space. Uh, that's why I just kind of <laughs> I, I kind of take everything with a grain of salt. One thing that I've been hearing a lot of lately is that Anthony Richardson not only is crushing it on the field itself when it comes to individual workouts, but he's really, really been impressive in a lot of team interviews as well. So 
that's something that really resonates with a lot of these teams and these general managers having character and having poise and being a role model esque type of player is something that they really look for. So uh, I don't want to say that that's surprising because we didn't really know too much about Anthony Richard Richardson, the, the person going into, into this, you know, crazy time, but it's nice to see something like that. And uh, apparently the Colts are super, super high on him. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what's going on there. So but. Speaking of the Colts, the Colts had a private workout and meeting with Will Levis this morning, um, early this morning. And uh, so, I, you know, and most of the execs and quarterback coach and coach and, you know, stuff like that were their offensive coordinator and all that. So I don't know, but they're meeting with all what seems like all the top quarterbacks as well. So, yeah, you, you got to do your due diligence. Your due diligence, excuse me, when you when you own a top five pick, I'm sure that they've had, you know, meetings with guys like Will Anderson and Jalen Carter as well. But we all know that they're taking a quarterback. But you just, you know, you never know what happens in the draft, so you got to do your due diligence. Right. All right. I'm gonna hit the the chat comments here and see what we got. I know Jay's in here. Yeah. Surprisingly, the first comment was not what we predicted. Wow, it wasn't, was it? No, no, no. Instead, it was a. I, I I figured it was going to be John Rules. It usually yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't happen. But what? what speaking of the, these smoke screens and and Brad, you've already thrown in your 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 college football team quarterback here. Uh, how about a smoke screen? And I've already called this joke before, but. Uh, with Cam Newton being the first pick of the uh, draft against uh, with, with the uh, Carolina Panthers, right? And that, now what's going on? They'll just they'll just go ahead and plaster Cam Newton's come to Carolina, and then and then get Anthony Richardson. <laughs> well, I mean, Cam Cam Newton did have a workout. I told the, I told John I he did work out. All. Listen, it's <laughs> it's categorized perfectly like this. When Cam Newton so lovingly said that there's not 32 mother effers that are better than him in the NFL. He was right. There is 31. one that he's better than, and that's Zach Wilson. That's my hometown guy right yeah. there, Zach Wilson. He's definitely better than him. <laughs> All right, so we're, we'll get started with our mock draft, guys. Uh, uh, Peter, we're glad you're with us. And so the first pick now – is the Carolinas. Uh They had traded up with Chicago um, to the first pick. So I guess the Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Yeah, they are. And, I, I, you know, we've heard a lot of things that Bryce Young has a lot of big-time fans in Carolina. But, I, you know, I, I don't I, – I buy it because he seems like a great guy. He's a great player overall. And he is a franchise quarterback, but I'm I'm really really sticking with the C.J. Stroud rumors to Carolina. I think that Stroud really kind of solidified himself. Whatever doubts that he had at the combine and everything, where with his accuracy, with his you know reads, all that kind of stuff, he pretty much solidified himself as a top two pick. But I think Carolina is really really hankering down on him. So I'm going to take C.J. Stroud number one. I'm not going to overthink that one and then you know the second pick is pretty consequential after that it, it's going to be whoever is left out of those top two guys i i hear a lot of things that people think that it might be anthony richardson as you know as a crazy smokescreen maybe will levis 
I think it's been Bryce Young this entire time, ever since we knew that the Houston Texans were pretty much a lock for the top pick or, you know, unfortunately for them, the second overall pick, it was going to be either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. So they're just going to take whoever is left. And I'm going Bryce Young here at number two. Number three, interesting case here. We all know that Arizona is going to at least entertain trading down. And that's exactly what I'm going to do here. There's a numer- there's numerous teams that could be in play here. Uh, a few that are close by, Indianapolis is a possible pick just to kind of move up to get their quarterback that they believe is still there out of the last two. So it would be Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Uh, I like that. I even think Seattle, possibly, if Anthony Richardson is still on the board, might slide up two spots. I think it's a real sleeper. Uh, I also think Tennessee is another team. Tampa Bay is another team. And I can go as far as even Minnesota might be a team to move all the way up to number three. I think it's a a super-duper long shot with Minnesota and Tampa Bay. Those are two teams that just don't have any extra draft capital that would be able to get themselves all the way up to number three. We would be talking about going into – 2025 picks 2025 day two picks at that point i don't think that either franchise is willing to do something like that (laughs) so i think the the team that makes the most sense here at three is going to be tennessee for me i think that tennessee has not been shy about wanting to trade up to number one before it was traded so i think that if there's any team in the top five that is going to even entertain trading down I think Tennessee is going to jump all over it. And I think Tennessee, regardless of having Malik Willis, I don't think Malik Willis showed us anything this past year of him being a franchise type of quarterback. Uh, When I do these trades, by the way, I don't really focus on the draft capital. This one is important, though, because I am trading a second round pick uh, with Tennessee for this one. And then I'm going to trade a second round pick for next year as well. So the compensation could be off, but I don't really focus too much on it usually. But since this has a pick that I will be using later on, I wanted to highlight it. So I'm going to trade up to number three with Tennessee. And I'm going to take Will Levis. I think that Anthony Richardson is nice at this pick. But, you know, Tennessee is in a division where they still feel like because of the team that they have, the coaching staff they have, I think if they just put a competent quarterback out there, they are in contention to win that division. And, you know, I I know that they lost the last like six games or whatever it may be, but it was disastrous at the quarterback position. I don't think that you could do much worse than what they had. And I think Will Levis is a is a natural upgrade over Malik Willis and uh, Ryan Tannehill, if he's even still on the team at that point. And uh, I think Richardson's just a little bit too far away from my liking with that coaching staff. This isn't a nurturing type of coaching staff for a quarterback. Hence why I think the next pick would be perfect for Anthony Richardson. But yeah, I think Will Levis just makes a perfect a perfect pick here. I think that he's going to slot right in and he's going to probably start week one, honestly, because I you'd have to assume that if Will Levis is drafted at number three by the Tennessee Titans, that Brian Tannehill is probably as good as gone with that cap hit. So I'm going to take Will Levis here. Then I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. As I mentioned before, Anthony Richardson... Frank Reich did say that if they had the number one overall pick, Anthony Richardson would be his quarterback of choice. He thinks that he could be something really, really special in two to three years. I know Frank Reich is a little bit on the older side, but he does love to develop a quarterback. And this is someone who has the potential and has the intangibles to be 
one of the very best in the NFL with that arm, with that athletic ability, with that running ability. I don't think anyone could deny that. So I'm going to take Anthony Richardson at number four. And then I really think that this is where the draft starts. I think after those first four quarterbacks are off the board, here's where we're going to see, you know, the, the real picks go. I like Seattle here for two players, Will Anderson Jr., Jalen Carter, obvious, arguably the top two players in the entire draft. I'm going to go with Jalen Carter here, though, over Will Anderson Jr. I think that even though all the off-the-field issues he's had, I think that with the track record of Pete Carroll, you know, kind of taking in these troubled prospects and churning out, you know, pro bowlers, all pros, whatever it may be, I think that's got Jalen Carter written all over it. And if he could get Jalen Carter motivated to play NFL football, I, I think that they have an all pro type of player on their hands. And that would just make a defense, a young defense, even stronger. This is a team that's really, really on the up. I, I think that Anthony Richardson would probably be the pick if he was still sitting here on the board, but he's not. So you go with the potentially the best player in the draft, Jalen Carter. All right. So that's the top five. Um, we got the top five picks in. We're going to go to the chat. We have Drew England in here with us in the chat room, and he says Bryce Young is going to be a bust. Here's my thing. Here's my thing with Bryce. His measurements – you don't think the, the measurements will scare people away the first couple of picks in that? No, I really don't think so. And I think it's because he's such a playmaker at the quarterback position. His poise, his escapability, everything about him, his arm is accuracy. I mean, his arm isn't isn't as elite as Anthony Richardson's, not as elite as Will Levis, but he's got a, a good enough arm to make all three throws at the NFL level, all three level throws at the NFL level. I think he's the best playmaker as of right now, the most ready playmaker at the quarterback position. I know his size. I really don't think that he's too, he was 200 pounds or whatever it was. I think that he had a really big breakfast the day before he weighed in at the, at the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the combine. I, yeah. I still think he's probably closer to 190 than he is 200. His measurables do scare me a little bit too, but I can't deny the talent. I, I'm, I'm going to have to say that Bryce Young won't be – won't you don't see too many 5'10 starting quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. You know, there's always That's that one more sold, though. Well, if he goes <laughs> if he goes to the the Texans, like you say here, if he goes to the Texans, I mean, he may not survive. Well, it could be a David Carr situation all over again. Yes. But <laughs> that's what I'm yeah. that's what I'm so, I, so it's interesting that you have Titans going up to three to get Will Levis. I I really have been hearing a whole lot about the Colts myself. I'm here in Kentucky, um, you know, uh, possibly making moves for Levis. I, if he was there at four, I think that might be who they take. But if, you know, a team like Tennessee moves up to get Levis in front of them, then there's not much they can do about that. Um, and then my last take on your top five is this. So I, I've, I, in about a week, in a week and a half, I'm going to have a Seattle Seahawks actual draft insider on the show. And I've been talking to him a little bit, and he seems to think that if the defensive players are there, that they will take Will Anderson over Carter. But I just – that and he's a he's an insider for the for the Seattle Seahawks. So, but that was a week or two ago, and 
when I talk to him and an, another 10 days is going to go by. So things change. You know how that is. Yeah. Things. I mean, you're talking about 10 days, things change in 10 minutes at this point. Yeah. In the, uh, right. The draft yeah. season. But, right. you know, I mean, I think you're playing with house money at that point. If you're the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, I don't think they could really go wrong either way. Sure. Jalen Carter can turn into Albert Hainsworth, but I mean, you know, you're banking on what we've seen and the potential, and he has the potential to be the best player in the draft. Will Anderson is probably as safe as it gets at that pick if they just want to make the safe pick. Will Anderson, yeah. absolutely. You're you're getting a potential Pro Bowl, All-Pro type of player right away from day one. So I wouldn't be mad at that right. either if it was Will Anderson. Right. Yeah. All right, man. We'll go on to pick six and do six through ten here with you. Well, we just talked about Will Anderson. So if he's on the board at six, I have Detroit <laughs> taking him. I mean, there's I, I don't think in reality that Will Anderson even gets to pick number six. But if he does, I mean, Dan Campbell himself is wind sprinting that pick up to the to to the podium. Absolutely. So Will Anderson is going to be my pick at number six. Uh, here's where it gets a little interesting. For me, the, the Raiders can go a lot of different ways. They desperately need some secondary help. They need some offensive line help. And they need a massive upgrade on the defensive line as well. There's a lot of different ways that they can go. If Christian Gonzalez is on the board at number seven, I, he's my top cornerback. It's kind of like a 1A, 1B thing with me with Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon. But Gonzalez has the perfect height, the perfect speed. He's got the man coverage ability. I think that that would be an instant upgrade and probably be cornerback number one in Oakland, maybe Nate Hobbs, but he would be, he would definitely be a starter right away. So I'm going to go Gonzalez at number seven, number eight. Here's probably where I have uh, an interesting selection for you guys. Uh, you know, Tyree Wilson's still on the board. Devin Witherspoon's on the board. We can even go down here. Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy. I'm going Nolan Smith at number eight. I really like this. I really like this prospect. The whole draft season, I was thinking, oh, it's going to have to be a defensive lineman. It's going to have to be an interior defensive lineman right away. But they've made some pickups that lead me to believe that they're going more of the edge way. Because, you know, they picked up Calais Campbell. They picked up uh, David Anyamata as well. Those are two really, really solid starters, at least for next year. Well, Anyamata is on a three-year contract. Calais Campbell's in the twilight of his career. But that leads me to believe that they're either going secondary with that pick or they're going with an edge rusher. And I think Nolan Smith is probably the biggest winner from the combine because he was a dog, no pun intended. <laughs> he was a dog <laughs> at, at Georgia and then he got injured and then he kind of just fell off the face of the earth for all these yep. people. He was gone the entire year. Yeah. He, you know, yeah. he, he, people kind of forgot about how good he was and how big of a playmaker he is. So he, he really solidified himself to me as at least the top 15 prospect. So moving on to number nine, maybe another interesting pick for you guys. I'm hearing a lot. I'm reading a lot about the offensive line prospects. And I know Tyree Wilson is sitting here. I know Miles Murphy is sitting here. Here's the thing. Justin Fields has been sacked 91 times in 679 dropbacks in his career. Not ideal. That's... <laughs> That's not ideal at all. You've got to get him some offensive line help. For me, I'm going Broderick Jones at this pick. This is a guy that in over 400 pass blocking snaps last year at Georgia didn't allow a single sack. And, you know, this is – I would say that this is a weaker tackle class maybe. I mean, it would be stronger if Olaf Ashanu from Penn State was here. He was my tackle number one going into the season, and then he decided to go back to school for another year. 
But Broderick Jones is kind of like 1B for me. The guy is one of the best best all-around tackle prospects in this year's class. And then at number 10, Philadelphia, like I said with Seattle, is playing with house money at this point. They shouldn't have a top 10 pick. They were in the Super Bowl, for God's sakes. But they have a top 10 pick, and they can make their team even stronger than it is. Like I said, Devin Witherspoon, still on the board. Tyree Wilson, still on the board here. I'm going Miles Murphy. I think Miles Murphy was getting a lot of love early on in the draft process, and then it just kind of fell off for him. And I don't think people really realize how good Miles Murphy is, how athletic Miles Murphy is, how versatile he is as well. And he's a massive, massive player as well. I think that he would slot right in as a, you know, those, those Philadelphia Eagles love to rotate their defensive linemen. He would fit right into the rotation. And I think that he would be a monster on pass rushing downs. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on those picks. Um, I think Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith, I'll start with that for me. Um, you know, a um, couple of months ago, you know, there were talk that he might sneak in the first round. Um, for you to have him in the top 10 at number eight, that, that's a big jump from where from where he was a couple of months ago. I do know the combine's been and, and his workout and, and everything has been since then. Um, and Nolan Smith – honestly might be the best defense defensive player in the draft if he didn't have his injury i'm gonna have to agree with you if i i think so. i mean he was having a good season up until that point and then i don't remember what it was exactly it was some kind of shoulder injury if i'm if i'm if i'm recalling correctly some kind of arm injury or something but you know he missed a majority of the season and people kind of forgot how impactful he was. You know, if you could stand out on a defense that has multiple first round picks, like the Georgia Bulldogs defense has every single year, you're a pretty dang good player, man. Yeah. Got a lot of sideline. He got a lot of sideline shots when he was, uh, yeah. Like, especially during the, uh, the last few, uh, last couple of games, they were definitely talking to him up. Yeah, I mean that's that's where I would begin on, on your six through ten picks. There, John, you got any other comments or questions about his six through ten picks? A lot of red and black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, red or yeah. red and black. Yeah, yeah, there was. <laughs> I'm sure there's a the fanboy in the Miles Murphy pick. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> All right, we will move on to picks 11 through 15. All right, so Arizona is having a heck of a time right now because, you know, there's so much uncertainty with Kyler Murray. They have Jonathan Gannon as their head coach. They're switching to a 4-3. There's a lot of personnel changes going on, and they don't really have the personnel to be changing up their defense the way that they are. So I think first and foremost, regardless, I mean, you could take best player available and that's exactly what I'm going to do, but it's also a massive position of need. And that's Tyree Wilson. If they could get Tyree Wilson to pick number 11 and trade back and acquire future assets, they're already winning the draft as a, in, in my eyes. Tyree Wilson, despite being a little bit on the slower side for an edge rusher, kind of more of like a 4-8, uh, he does everything sensational. He's an incredible pass rusher. Uh, he's got great bull rush. He's he got 
tremendous length. I think he's going to be excellent at the next level. And the fact that they switched to a 4-3 under Jonathan Gannon makes this pick that much sweeter as a scheme fit. I like him a lot more in a 4-3 than I do in a 3-4. 12 is interesting. I really like Lucas Van Ness at this pick. Devin Witherspoon is still sitting on the board. But even though D'Amico Ryan's his defensive-minded coach, I think you got to bolster the offense, man. The offense was just playing sad last year. And if you get a franchise quarterback, you might as well go out there and try and develop him with a franchise wide receiver. I like Jackson Smith and the Jigba here. For the longest time, I will be the first person to say that I was not high on JSN as a probably like a a top 30 pick, honestly. I thought he was too slow. I thought he was going to be very limited at the next level. I thought we were getting a glorified version of Jarvis Landry. And granted, Jarvis Landry was good for a few years, but that's just it. He was good for a few years. He's really impressed us past the season. I mean, he only had like two catches on the season. He barely played as it is or something like that, maybe like six catches. But he solidified himself, I think, as the number one wide receiver in this class. In a not-so-special class, he is a special player. So I'm going to take JSN here to with hopefully John Mechie comes back and Nico Collins to form a really, really nice young nucleus of wide receivers. Then at 13 with my New York Jets, man, it pains me to say this. As much as I want Brian Branch to pick number 13, I think that adding Brian secondary that has Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed already – I mean, that's just like music. But it turns out that the Jets probably have the worst offensive line in football right now. Going to go out and get a 39-year-old quarterback to play the quarterback position, you got to protect him. So a lot of people's consensus number one tackle is still on the board in Paris Johnson Jr. So I'm going to take him. We know that Joe Douglas loves his big men, and that's exactly what they get here in Paris Johnson Jr., the immediate new blindside blocker for the New York Jets. Then at number 14, a lot of different ways that the uh, New England Patriots, excuse me, can go. JSN is off the board here. Uh, I, I would feel like if he was still on the board, that would probably be their pick. I think they got to go secondary here. I know that their offensive line needs some work as well, but I, I, I have to think with the defensive mind of Bill Belichick that if there's someone on the board that's as good as Devin Witherspoon, he's going to have to take him and develop him into probably the next great New England Patriot cornerback. And then at pick number 15, Green Bay, same deal. A lot of different ways that we can go here. Uh, I'm not going wide receiver, but I am going tight end. And I'm going tight end because I don't want to start the season with Josiah Diaguara as my as my number one tight end. That's just how it works. I mean, at least you got Christian Watson playing wide receiver, Romeo Daubs. You could address that in the later rounds. I like Dalton Kincaid here. Not the greatest blocker at all, but he's the best receiving tight end in this class. He is tremendous for what he is. He runs routes routes as smooth as butter. He's got great hands. He could stretch the field as well. He's really the total package in terms of a receiving tight end. Hmm. So I'm going to start with this. The Packers almost always go, seem like go with a big offensive lineman in the first round. It seems like yeah. I'm. We're, me and John are both Packers fans, so um, you know it would not surprise me if they go with one of the big uglies. Um, <laughs> you know, with with the offensive line, it, it wouldn't surprise me there. Um, Paris Johnson Jr. falling down to uh, I think you had him at. 13 or 14, 13. 
um, is uh, a little bit, I, you know, I, I, I think there's, when this all started, I really thought there was potential he'd be in that seven, eight range maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he's a good if, – if the Jets do get him, then I, I think they're getting a really good um, blindside tackle, you know, left, left tackle. 100%. So, yeah. So, let me get this straight. Aaron Rodgers leaves a team that always got an offensive line player instead of going out and getting uh, a yeah. number one wide receiver goes to another team where an offensive line is being projected as going there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I the, got it. The thing is, it. the thing is though, Great. the jets have a way better receiving core than the Packers do. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So receiving core already there versus going out and actually drafting said number one receiver kind of thing. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would. I, I, I mean, that was going against my heart right there, picking Paris Johnson Jr. I, I've loved Brian Branch to the Jets for the entire, the entirety of the draft process. But in good conscience, I, I can't just take <laughs> him with with that offensive line, especially since it seems like Aaron Rodgers is coming to New York. You can't field that offensive line with Aaron Rodgers back there. So it just it wouldn't make sense in good conscience. So Jay's on and says the Falcons are going to trade back to get breezy. Ugh. That's what Jay said. I'm not saying he's wrong, but, man, that would be a disappointment if they had the opportunity to take Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson, Nolan Smith, Devin Witherspoon, they end up with Brian Brucey. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, John, do you have any other questions about those picks? Uh, no, not at the moment. All right. So, on to pick 16 through 20 in the first round. All right. So, you got the Washington Commanders here at pick number 16. Another team that I could see maybe taking a tight end in round one. I mean, this is one of the best tight end classes we've seen in quite, a, in quite some time here. But – I'm th looking more towards the future with this pick. I know that they still have, I think, three or four, maybe even five cornerbacks under contract through this season, but their top two or three guys are gone after this year. They're going to have to start building for the future. And if someone is talented and as naturally athletic as Joey Porter Jr. still on the board, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I You know, some might argue he doesn't even get to pick 16, and I would not argue against them for saying that. So I like Joey Porter Jr. here. I think this would be an instant upgrade in that secondary. Uh, pick number 17, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Maybe a little bit of a surprise, especially with, I, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans that think that the Steelers are going to take a wide receiver in round one because he asked the Pittsburgh Steelers to draft him is ridiculous. I, I don't, it's ridiculous. Especially with the way, especially with the state of their offensive line. Granted, they made some really nice pickups the last couple of years. James Daniels, Isaac Sayamalu, Mason Cole, but their tackles are awful. Really bad. I know they picked it up a little bit in the second half of the year. Not good enough for me to go into the season with them here. I'm going to go with Darnell Wright at pick number 17. I really think that he has the potential to be the best tackle out of the lot. Great size, 6'6", 330 pounds, as athletic as you can be, has 
experience playing both tackle positions. That'll really, really bode well for him at the next level. Maybe another bit of a surprise here. I'm going offensive line again with the Detroit Lions, and I'm going to go with Peter Skaronsky. And I think that this is not an, this is not an offensive tackle pick. This is a guard pick. Uh, you know, it, it passed this year. I'm pretty sure Jonah Jackson's a free agent. Vitae, shoot him off into the sun. He's either been poor or he has been injured the entire time. So I think if they take Skaronsky, he could be cut and they could slide him right into the guard position because he's got those shorter arms. I believe they're like 32-inch arms for an offensive lineman. Not good enough to be a tackle for me. So he's he projects to be a really good guard at the next level. I think if you – I mean, if you're, if you're the Detroit Lions and you leave the first round with Will Anderson Jr. and Peter Skaronsky – you're you're really sitting pretty in my opinion. And then Tampa Bay at pick number true. pick number 19, a lot of different ways they can go. I'm not really a fan besides for Deontay Banks, I'm not really a fan of any cornerback that's on the board here right now to Tampa Bay. Uh and I don't think Deontay Banks makes total sense as a scheme fit here. I'm going to go with Lucas Van Ness. I think that playing a 3-4 is going to be really, really beneficial for Van Ness. He could play that five tech position. He's got great size, 6'5", 275 pounds. He's got great strength, play strength. I know he only had like, what, 19 reps of 225. I love when people say, oh, he's not strong. He only repped 19. I don't even think... I don't even think I could rep a half of 225 pounds. <laughs> at, at the, I, granted, I'm not a professional athlete, but still, I mean, I don't think people grasp the concept of how how hard that is. And yeah, he's got great play strength. He's got great length, great athletic ability. I think this would be a really nice find in the interior of that defensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pick number 20, I'm going with some offensive line help for the Seattle Seahawks here. Maybe not the sexiest pick, but the interior of their offensive line really, really needs some help. Uh, they got great bookend tackles in Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. So I think if they can get a monster among men like Osiris Torrance to play guard next to them, I think that you you have to do it. I mean, good luck trying to pass rush against those three behemoths. And then, you know, you have Austin Blythe and Damian Lewis in there too that could probably be fixed later on in the draft or maybe next year or something. But you 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 take what you can get, and I think Torrance would be a monster for them here at pick number 20. I like that pick, actually. Um, I think he's – a really, really exceptional uh, offensive lineman. And uh, I, honestly, I think he's one of the better ones in the entire draft is my is my take on it. Um, from, you know, he's from Florida, played at Florida this past year. But, uh, you know, so, so we got Jay in the chat. He says Miles Murphy, Miles Murphy takes off, and he's a Clemson guy. So – I wanted to get that in. Yeah, he, he, uh, he does. I mean, yeah, he does. There's a lot, you know, I, I, to, to even to double down on that, I've noticed in watching film, there's a lot of defensive linemen in this class that take some plays off. Will Anderson came up on tape play, taking some plays off. Jalen Carter takes a lot of plays off too. Lucas Van Ness never even made a start at the collegiate level, which is crazy. Um, and, you know, there's just a lot of players that, have take plays off and it, it's kind of kind of alarming but at the same time i mean sort of kind of have to look past that when when you know it, it, the class is as talented as it is so he likes your lions pick it looks like and then jay's messing with me a little bit because 
I'm a Kentucky fan, and he says Levis is going to fall to Tampa Bay, which I've I've heard some. You know, there's I I have heard some people who don't like Levis and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, really say that he's going to fall. Mick, uh, is it? No, it's yeah, it's McShay. McShay's the one that's really dogging him a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I heard him say that he was going to fall to Tampa Bay, I think, um, as well. So uh, I just just wanted to put that out there since Jay is on here try, trying to mess with, with my Levis. <laughs> I think you would fit in right there. I think you hey, would fit in with Tampa Bay. He would fit in with Tampa Bay. It wouldn't be like – it wouldn't be terrible I think, I think if he. Levis, I, think, no, I think Levis would fit in with the with with the town of Tampa Bay. Yeah, definitely. yeah, I do too as well, actually. Um, and it wouldn't be terrible, other than the fact that he would have to drop pretty far, unless what what Peter was talking about at the beginning, and Tampa Bay traded up to get him. Yeah, I think that that would be. I mean, if Tampa Bay would, I think it would have to be a combination of both. Levis starts to fall and then Tampa trades up. I don't think that they have the, I don't think that they have the, you know, what, what it takes to trade up all the way to three, but if he's sitting there at 10 or if he's sitting there at 14 with two, two teams that love to trade back with the Eagles and the Patriots, you know, well, honestly, the Patriots might take him. Who even knows at this point what's going on with Mac Jones, but I was about to say Mac Jones is yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or that could be smoke screen. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it could be smoke screens. You never know at this time of the of the draft. But well, just like the last thing, you can't see. Me. <laughs> you screen. can't see me. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on to picks twenty one through twenty five. So twenty one, I'm kicking it off with a trade right off the bat. Uh, with with the players that are on the board for the Chargers, you know the Chargers have been one of those teams for me this whole draft process. I just don't know where they're going to go. Could they go with defensive line? Sure. Could they go with some linebacking help? Sure. Cornerback? Sure. Wide receiver? Sure. Tight end? Sure. Running back? Sure. It's like every <laughs> they, they they need everything, but they're not in drastic need of really anything. So I'm going to trade down. The Giants were a team that made it known that if their guy was on the board, they were going to trade up for him. And I mean, granted, the New York Giants have a horrible interior offensive line as of right now. I'm going to totally skip that and totally neglect that, to be quite honest with you. And I'm going straight for the wide receiver that's on the board. I mean, this should be a pretty relatively easy trade. Yeah, there you go. That To move back four spots, whatever it may be. I'm going Quentin Johnston. The, the Giants made a couple moves that made me feel better about their passing situation. They traded for Darren Waller. You know, they signed Paris Campbell. They re-signed Darius Slayton. Those are positive moves. They don't. They still don't have that number one guy. And I think Quentin Johnston, even though postseason he was a little bit disappointing, you know, in terms of I mean his his combine was okay, but his measurables came up a little bit smaller than everyone thought they were going to come up. I, I still like him here to be a number one type of wide receiver for the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. So I'm going to go Quentin Johnston here at number 21. And the reason why I traded up, people might say, oh, well, that's kind of silly to trade up there. But but when you when you see the run of teams, this is where the wide receivers could run off the board. Baltimore, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Chargers, Dallas, all these teams are in play to potentially take a wide receiver. So I think the Giants just kind of move up and they do what they got to do to get their guy. 
Here at number 22, Baltimore, another team that could go a couple different ways. Jordan Addison still sitting on the board. Kalijah Kansi is a, a player that I was considering here as well. I'm going to go with some secondary help here. And I'm going to go with Deontay Banks. You might as well keep the guy in Maryland. Uh, he's stated that he would love to play for the Baltimore Ravens. And I think that this is a match made in heaven. Deontay Banks is a extremely physical cornerback. I mean, if you watch some of his tape, He's borderline mauling the wide receivers that he lines up against. It's it's honestly impressive. Uh, I think that he's going to be a great corner at the next level. I know I'm pretty sure that Baltimore plays a little bit more zone with their corners than than man, but you know he's adaptable and he played pretty well in zone as well. So I'm going to go Deontay Banks here at 22. Minnesota at 23. Uh, this is where Jordan Addison comes off the board for me. I think just having the prospect. I know that there's so many different ways that Minnesota can go. And especially secondary, they need some help. Uh, but with acquiring Byron Murphy through free agency, it kind of makes me feel a little bit better about not taking a cornerback here. I think the prospect of having Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, and Jordan Addison as your top three wide receivers is just way too good for the Minnesota Vikings to pass up. So I'm going to go with the Addy Daddy here at pick number 23. Then at pick number 24, uh, I'm going to go Brian Branch for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This makes a lot of sense for me. I was thinking offensive linemen, but this makes a ton of sense considering that they moved Darius Williams out to play uh, on the boundary and they desperately need a slot cornerback. And now Brian Branch is a guy that maybe doesn't have the speed to play cornerback, but he has experience playing the slot cornerback position and he's a hell of a safety as well. So I think that versatility really bodes well for him in the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Uh, where is he? There he is. There he is. And then at pick number 25, you have the Chargers coming back again. And I'm going to do it. I'm honestly going to do it. I know that the rumors have cooled down over the past few days or so about Austin Eckler wanting to, to leave the Chargers. I don't care. If Bijan Robinson's sitting there at 25 and you traded back and you acquired some assets, go out and get Bijan Robinson, who could potentially be the best offensive player in this entire class. That's interesting. I really thought if – because Dallas picks in a couple of picks, I think, after that. And I really thought if if B. John Robinson was there that Dallas might pick um, might pick him up. So uh, – I have a way uh, less – We'll start Jason. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I just – I really thought that Dallas – that might be – because Dallas is, you know, back uh, is probably, you know, looking to – uh, you know, have an upgrade there. So I kind of thought maybe that might be how they go if he was there still. But so Jay says Jacksonville should go wide receiver. And he also says the Chargers should go linebacker. Yeah, I I, I would have to say for – I respectfully disagree with the wide receiver comment – I mean, I think they're good for right now. I think, and especially in a class that's not that elite for the wide receiver, you know, position. I don't really know when you have Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, they have Evan Ingram as well. They have Travis Etienne. They're not really dying for another weapon as of right now. I know that there's no guarantees with Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley past this year, but I think they take their shot. And I think that they really, really upgrade that secondary. And then, you know, with the with the Chargers, like I said, there were so many ways that they can go, and I'm not disagreeing with you that they could use that they could use linebacker help. I don't really know if there's there's one linebacker I think that's worth a first round pick this year right now. That's just me. 
and uh, we'll get to him relatively soon. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting. The Chargers, like I said, I, I'm open to all right. all interpretations because it's 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 a weird team for me. Yep. All right. So we'll we'll start at 26 here, and we'll go ahead and finish up the first round um, all the way yeah. through uh, 31. Yes. Excellent. All right. So. At pick number 26, as we mentioned, I have a very, very sleepy, non-sexy pick for the Dallas Cowboys in mind. <laughs> you know, with with essentially what it feels like their number one player uh, off the board and Bijan Robinson, there's a couple ways that they can go here. Uh, Kalijah Kansi is still sitting here. So is Brian Brissy, who we all know I love. Uh, <laughs> they have some tackles on the board as well, and Zay Flowers is sitting here too. I'm going to bypass all of that because the Dallas Cowboys need to address their offensive line. Because if you look at the depth chart of the offensive line, it doesn't really look that great right now. And I know that some people are going to say, wow, this is a really boring pick. I like Steve Avila out of TCU for Dallas. They made the unsexy pick last year in taking Tyler Smith. And it actually worked out for them because he wound up playing quite a bit of tackle where he really wasn't supposed to be playing tackle. But I think that they might've found their right tackle of the future, but Right now, if you look at it, they're on the depth chart. Chuma Adoga is their starting left guard, which I don't think will will be true come preseason or anything like that. But that's a scary thought. Coming from a Jet fan who saw Chuma Adoga play firsthand, you don't want that uh, anywhere near anywhere near your depth chart. So I'm going to take Steve Avila here. The Dallas Cowboys are another team that I've just been harassed in my comment sections about that. It's, it's just been a weird team for me. So I, I try a bunch of different things, but I really like the offensive lineman here at this pick. Then at 27, as we mentioned before, there was one linebacker that I think uh, was first round worthy. And it might be someone that you don't think about. And for me, that's Jack Campbell. I think Jack Campbell. Thank you, man. That's who I was hoping you was going to say. Yeah, Jack <laughs> Campbell with his size, his playability, his intangibles. I mean, is there – Tremaine Edmonds was, I think, like – I could be wrong. Maybe 6'4", 6'5", 250. Jack Campbell is literally the exact same size, if not bigger, than Tremaine Edmonds. And they desperately need some linebacking help. You can go offensive line here, sure. I don't know if there's an offensive lineman really worth taking for Buffalo. Sure, they could take Jameer Gibbs too, but that's really more of a luxury pick. you got to get a need out of the way early if you're the Buffalo Bills. I think Jack Campbell suits that role pretty perfectly. And then the next pick, Cincinnati here. I want to go offensive line, but since Jonah Williams is still on the team, I'm going to hold off on that for now because, you know, Lyle Collins isn't going to be ready to start the season. If they don't trade Jonah Williams, I could firmly see him sliding in there and playing left tackle yet again. Oh, excuse me, right tackle um, yet again. I'm going to go with secondary help. I like Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, I think that he was a great find in the third round for them last year. But there's some – it's really thin at the back end of that secondary. I think they're going to have to take a cornerback, regardless if they really want to or not. And I like Cam Smith here. I think Cam Smith is a guy who does – is one of the best zone owners in the draft the past year. Same kind of deal where we thought he was going to be like – wound up being like a little bit on the lighter side as well. But he is a dog, and he's SEC battle-tested. That's a big thing for me, too. If you come from the SEC and you're, you're a heck of a cornerback, that means a lot more than if you're coming from the ACC, you know, Pac-12, whatever it may be. So I'm going to go Cam Smith here at this pick, pick number 28. 
Pick number 29, I am going to go and pull the trigger on Kalijah Kansi here. I know that he's undersized, what people want to say. People love to compare him to Aaron Donald as well. You know, Aaron Donald was undersized too, and look at what he's done. He's not going to be Aaron Donald, but I think he's going to be a real game wrecker at the next level. And most importantly, I think he's going to be great against the run. I think that's a really, really big thing for the New Orleans Saints because right now they're starting two interior uh defensive tackles are Nathan Shepard and Keely Saunders. So not inspiring at all right now. So I'm going to go with Kalaja Kansi over my boy, Brian Bercy. Sorry, Brian. And then at number 30, I'm going to go maybe controversial here, even with Rashad Penny signing. I still think that they're going to keep their options open. If Jameer Gibbs is on the board at pick number 30, I think I'm going to have to take him. This is a guy who I think is like kind of like Miles Sanders, but more of an athletic version of Miles Sanders, a faster version of Miles Sanders. I think he could slot in and be the perfect bell cow for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles going forward past this season. So I'm looking a little bit long-term with that pick. You know, some people might not like it. It is what it is. I just think that getting someone as effective as Jameer Gibbs at this pick would be awesome for them. And then at number 31, for the Kansas City Chiefs to end off the first round. I'm going Anton Harrison. Uh, I was not a fan at all what the Chiefs did this offseason in terms of their offensive line. They let um, Orlando Brown walk. I completely draw his name there. I'm talking a lot. I'm, I'm going to be drawing some blanks. <laughs> uh, Orlando Brown let walk for $17 million a year. They wound up signing Juwan Taylor for $20 million a year. <clears throat> Wasn't really a big fan of that. Hasn't played left tackle in his career. Is going to be sliding over to left tackle this next season. Uh, now they have Lucas Niang playing right tackle. I think Anton Harrison doesn't get enough Idiot. love as the best pass blocker in this entire draft class for the tackle position. He's an absolute rock on that line. And he's also good in run blocking as well. I think he's just an overall really, really good prospect who hasn't gotten enough, enough love. And I feel like if there's a team – that takes prospects that haven't gotten enough love and turn them into superstars. It's probably the Kansas city chiefs. All right. So I was glad to hear Jack Campbell's name when you called him in there. Um, you was talking about a possible first rounder or linebacker. I was hoping that's who you were going to say. Um, I really, really, really like his play. He is not going to be like, Athletic-wise, he doesn't jump off the chart. But you watch football and watch him play, and he is just as steady as a rock on the He's field. Too, man. He's everywhere. He's, really smart. He's everywhere. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. You know, he could be on the outside. He's on the inside. It don't matter where you run, where you go. He's everywhere. There was a play. That really summed up Jack Campbell as a prospect. I think it was it was when they played Ohio State, and he he faked the blitz and just disguised himself so well to the point where when he went out into coverage, C.J. Stroud threw the ball right into his chest, and I don't even think C.J. Stroud saw him like at all. Like he threw it right to him. You would think that he was staring him lockstep right in the eyes, and I don't even think he saw him. It was an incredible play. He's an incredible player, smart. Like what you said, he's not going to jump off at the page at you athletically, but what he lacks athletically, he makes up for in smart. I mean, he seems like he's on the track, and I'm, I'm, this is really high praise, seems on the traje trajectory to a Luke Keekley type of smarts player. That's what he reminds me of when it comes to his football IQ. Yeah, 
I agree. I mean, I, I was glad to hear you say that. Kansas City, you're talking about offensive lineman. Darian Kennard, remember that name. Oh, I was big. <laughs> yo, I, I'll tell you what, Brad. Last year, <laughs> I had I had Darian Kennard going as high as as the second round last year. And yeah, and I I, I thought he was really good. I mean, I, I don't know how much playing time he'll get. He didn't get any snaps, I don't think, this past season. But solid backup guy to have as of right now could potentially develop into a starter. Who knows? He's a really good offensive lineman. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be a tackle in the NFL like he was. His size. his size, he's he's massive. Yeah. I mean, just massive. Um, and he was it. Did he fall to like the fourth round or something last year? I think year? he was picking the fifth, if I'm not mistaken. Which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, that was a crazy drop last year. And to finish this up, he says um, that Kentucky can only have one player drafted in there at the, in the chat. Just so you know, Jay, Kentucky's had a lot more than one player drafted for several years in a row. <laughs> they had four. Four last year and should have five or six, honest with you. And I expect at least four this year and maybe five or six. But that's not four or five or six in the first round. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not talking about first rounders here. I'm talking about overall in the draft is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, some schools are lucky enough to have them all in the first. Yeah, like Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to kind of run through the second round here, and we probably won't take as many breaks and stuff. We're going to go uh, from here to pick fine and let you kind of run through them, and you can do them a little faster if you want, Peter. Um, I, I know it's a second round, it's not quite the first. So, um, We'll kind of get started on the second round, and we're going to finish this up with the second round tonight. So, yeah, I mean, so many good players fell into the second round here, and it's it's going to be interesting to see. I I always love looking at the board after night one is over because it's like, man, how did some of these guys fall? Like, these are going to be really good day two gems, and I think that's exactly what we have here. So, pick number thirty two, as we all know, there's only thirty one first round picks this year. We did not make a mistake. Uh, <laughs> So the Pittsburgh Steelers, after the Chicago Bears egregiously traded the 33rd overall, the 32nd overall pick to get Chase Claypool. Never understand that one. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have the 32nd overall pick. And I think what I said before, when I said that it was crazy that they would take a wide receiver in round one, I stand by that. Now, at pick number 32, I'm going to have to revise that. I'm going to say if Zay Flowers is on the board, he would be a perfect number three for Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. That would be a really nice trifecta of wide receivers for Kenny Pickett. And you already got him the offensive line help too. So this is not the last that we're going to hear from the Pittsburgh Steelers in the second round. At number 33, I'm going to cave. I'm going to get Brian Brissy here. Finally, we make a defensive uh, we make we make a defensive pick for D'Amico Ryan's. The interior of the defensive line of the Houston Texans is garbage. It's hot ass. Pardon my language. It's terrible. Uh, and they need an upgrade. And Brian Brissy, if he could recapture his freshman year form, he's going to be a very very nice player in the NFL. 
Ben, at pick number 34, kind of another player that kind of fell off the face of the earth uh, after his poor showing in the college football playoffs is Keely Ringo. I'm going to take him here because they desperately need some cornerback help. Uh, they have Marco Wilson, and I don't even recall the other starting cornerback for them right now. It's not good. Uh, Keely Ringo will be a really nice get in the second round. 6'2", 210 pounds, high 4'3 speed. I mean, sure, he's a little he's a little raw, but, I mean, you take those intangibles and you make what you can of it. So I'm going to go Keely Ringo here at 34. 35, you get your franchise quarterback. I think you need a franchise left tackle now. I'm going to go with Dewad Jones here. I mean, if you want to talk about two boomer bust prospects for the first two picks for the Indianapolis Colts, I don't think it gets more boomer bust than Dewad Jones and, and Anthony Richardson. 6'8", 359 pounds, 88-inch wingspan. I mean, I don't think anyone – I think if a defensive lineman started where the linebackers start, I think that he would be able to stop them. His arms are absolutely humongous. I don't have the the measurables right now off the top of my head, but I know that they're probably in the 99th percentile in arm length. Um, the Rams make their first pick here. The Rams just need – I mean, if you could put everything on the board – uh, that would be great. The Rams are just in a complete free fall, and they're going to be terrible for probably a year or two, maybe even more past this. But I like Will McDonald here as a nice edge rusher for them. I think, you know, after basically releasing their entire roster, you got to start from scratch. And someone like Will McDonald, who's had amazing success at the collegiate level, I think he's going to translate, and he's going to be a great speed rusher at the NFL level. Then at pick number uh, 37, we have the Seattle Seahawks here. And I think this is where, yes, I did make a trade here. And I'm going to trade the 37th overall pick. Uh, totally not homing on this one. I'm trading that pick to the New York Jets. And the reason why is because, as I said before, the New York Jets have a terrible offensive line. And I think that it's so bad that they're going to have to go with back-to-back -back offensive line picks here. They have no one right now to play the center position. You got your left tackle of the future. It's time to get your center of the future, your Nick Mangold of the future. I'm going John Michael Schmitz. This is a guy who had a pretty bad combine, uh, but I think that he's going to rebound tremendously. I mean, for what he did in the Senior Bowl, that's how bad he did at the combine. I'm not going to hold it to him. I'm not really a firm believer that the combine is the end-all, be-all. His game tape clearly shows that he's going to be a great player at the next level. Well, and I think that's a trigger and get him. Uh, uh, pick number here, the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go interior to Mazzy Smith. 6'3", stopper, and that's exactly what the Las Vegas Raiders need in the middle of their defense. And then at pick number 39, I'm going to go with Michael Mayer. Uh, Tommy Trenbull and Ian Thomas do not cut it for me. Uh, CJ Stroud is going to need a safety blanket and Michael Mayer is one of those tight end prospects that does nothing elite, but does everything very well. And I think that that's going to be a great addition to the Carolina Panthers. All right. So that gets us through the thirties in the second round there. Um, I like the Michael Mayer pick. I think, I think that's, that'd be a good pick for them. Um, and, uh, so, I want, Jay does say that you're doing a great job. So, in the Thank chat, you, I wanted to put that up. Um, he says, boo, no Houston Tigers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, trying to think right now off the top of my – well, 
Uh, no, I don't have Tank Dell in my uh, in my second round. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I was trying, trying to get you one, but uh, I'm sorry. Maybe in round three. Maybe when yeah. I come back next time when we do a three round, maybe he'll see Houston Tiger in there. All right. <laughs> John, you got I'm anything a, you want to add? I'm all about arm length as a measurement for an offensive lineman and how how people will rise and fall due to arm length. I'm telling awesome. you, I really didn't think it was as important of a stat and until I really like got into it and I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't that make sense as like a like if I not, have, no, it makes I mean it makes sense. It's just yeah. it's something that you're not really thinking about when you're watching the game. Yeah. Oh man, his arms are just really long. <laughs> He's got he should be arm. a tackle. He should be a tackle. <laughs> his arms are really short. He should be a guard. What am right. up right now? What is okay? Yeah. So just for reference. Dewan Jones has 36 and a half inch arms. All right. Three feet. Gotcha. It's, yeah. it's pretty long. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. like if yeah. you really think about it, if your your wingspan should be about your height. So, you know, the arm itself being a little further out. There, yeah, but some of these guys have that, a wingspan that's six inches, eight inches beyond their height. Yeah. yeah. Well, then that's when they yeah. have the probably long torso and the short legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great build. Like uh like um who was that swimmer that did that? Uh, Phelps? Yes, Phelps. Yeah. Phelps. Yeah. Phelps's height, I think his his height was like what six one, six two, but he had the arm he had the wingspan of like a six four, six five guy or That's something awesome. like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like he was He's about two or three inches shorter than than whatever his uh, wingspan kind of made. Him yeah, out. he did. Which All allowed right, him so to we'll, do his swimming. So we'll go through forty to forty nine here. All right, big stretch. Let's go. I'm ready for this. Yep, one. I'm ready for ready for these. Uh, All right, pick pick number forty. Uh, New Orleans Saints coming back around. I'm going to go with a little bit of speed on the outside. I'm going to go with Jalen Hyatt. I think that. A lot of people think that Jalen Hyatt's a one-trick pony, but uh, he's more than a one-trick pony. Uh, he's got a decent release package as well, and he's got that top-end speed that he could just blow the top off the defense. And he doesn't—he's not shy about going in the middle of the field either. So I think Jalen Hyatt would be a really nice complement to Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. Uh, moving on to number forty-one, this is the pick that the. Uh, at Arizona Cardinals acquired from the Tennessee Titans. And with that pick, I'm going with some interior offensive line help because good God, Brad, the interior of the offensive line of the Arizona Cardinals is probably worse than the Jets and probably worse than the Giants. It's God awful. Cody Mock is sitting here. This is, uh, I think Cody Mock is just a mean, nasty offensive lineman. And I'm not talking about the fact that he has less teeth than everyone else uh, or that he has red hair. Uh, he is just a physical dominator in the run game, especially and pass protection, he could get better, but there's that def he's definitely got the skill to have the room for improvement. So I think mock would be an excellent pick at 41 for the Arizona Cardinals at 42 Seattle. Uh, I'm going with a cornerback and I'm going with a slot corner type of guy. Emmanuel Forbes is someone that I think could maybe slip into the first round come draft day. He's got the intangibles. He's got the pedigree coming from the sec He's just 166 pounds, so that kind of should scare a lot of teams off. But 4-3 speed, 14 interceptions in three seasons at Mississippi State, I think he's going to be really, really good at the next level at the slot. Uh, New York Jets here again at pick number 
uh, 43. I'm going to go with Drew Sanders here. Uh, I, I It was a toss-up here for me between Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson. I think that Drew Sanders just brings more to the table in terms of pass rush. That was really the only difference for me. Trent, they both bring different things. Trenton Simpson is more of a sideline-to-sideline guy. Drew Sanders is more of that in-your-face, smash-mouth type of guy, and I think that if you could rely on Drew Sanders to get you some pressure from the linebacker position, let C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams kind of clean up the rest, I think you're sitting pretty. Uh, Atlanta Falcons at pick number 44. I got to get a wide receiver here. I mean, there hasn't been a, a, a slot wide receiver type guy that has come off the board in quite some time. And I really like Josh Downs. I think that this would be, you have Kyle Pitts at the tackle, at the tackle position, imagine at the tight end position, you have Drake London out wide and you have Josh Downs, who is one of the best separators in this entire draft. I think it would be awesome for whoever's playing quarterback at that at, at in Atlanta, excuse me. Uh, pick number 45 here for the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to go with some defensive line help here. I really like Adetomiwa Adabare at a Northwestern, someone who is not going to jump off the page at you in terms of production with 12 and a half sacks across his collegiate career. But we're looking more at the athleticism and the playmaking ability that he brings to the table. 6'2", 280 pounds, runs a 4.49. That's not normal. That makes no sense in terms of, of the height to weight, the speed ratio. Doesn't make any sense. He makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage as well. Quite a bit of tackles for loss. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I think this would be a nice addition for the Green Bay Packers, who I now know is both of your favorite teams. So I hope you don't kill me too much for the pick itself. <laughs> uh, moving on to pick number 46. We have the New England Patriots. They got Devin Witherspoon with pick number 14. And they're going to swing back around. They need some tackle help here. Matthew Bergeron is someone who has gotten some first-round consideration as well by a lot of people, on Twitter especially too, uh, which I found I thought was interesting. He's got what it takes to be a left tackle at the next level. There's no denying that. Uh, I think this would be a really nice pick for them. They still have – uh, Trent Brown, so and under contract through next year, I believe, too. So I think he'd swing and he'd play right tackle for now. But any addition to the offensive line for the New England Patriots at this point would be a massive upgrade for them. Then at pick number 47, this is where Hendon Hooker comes off the board for me. If he's still there, this is a pick that, yeah, it's going to happen if he's still there. I doubt really that he makes it out of the first round. Why, I couldn't tell you. A 26-year-old... When healthy, a 26-year-old quarterback that's going to need a massive, a massive learning curve to the NFL off of an ACL injury doesn't scream first-round pick to me, but it does to some people. So, you know, whatever. But I think if he's here, they're going to have to take him. I think that the upside would be too good, especially if Sam Howell is actually doing a pretty decent job of starting. Could be that Gardner Minshew type of player for them where he kind of gets booted out of the starting spot for Hendon Hooker next year. I think it's worth a shot at pick number 47 if he's still on the board. Detroit at pick number 48. I'm going Trenton Simpson. And, man, i got to be honest with you, if these are the first three picks for the Detroit Lions on draft day, I think that they have won the draft up until this point. Three massive needs out of the way. Three players that are probably premium talent at the position. Sign me up. Pittsburgh at number 49 with another beautiful first-round pick here. I'm going with defensive line help. Uh, again, Larry Ogunjobi was pretty good last year. I think they need a long-term solution opposite Cam Hayward. So I'm going to go with Keon White. 
another guy who won't jump off the page at you in terms of his stats, but he did have seven sacks last year. And don't forget, only a few years ago, he was a tight end at Old Dominion. So he's made a heck of a turnaround to play uh, FBS football at Georgia Tech and have a successful season. At pick number 50, you have Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, I went past. I went past. I went past. I'm uh, that's all right, man. <laughs> so Jalen Hyatt is interesting pick, I think, was towards the beginning of that that we talked yeah. about. Um, Josh Downs, I think, would be a really good pick um in there that was about 43 or 44 i think um for you and then um the hendon hooker pick um you know if hendon hooker can come back and be healthy um and give him a little time to get healthy um i i think hendon hooker could can be a really good quarterback in the league yeah, I, I think he has to fall into a situation where he's afforded time. And I know that we only saw one start from Sam Howell, but I mean, you know, kid kind of looked like he had a little bit of swagger at the NFL at the NFL level. So if he can if he can kind of ride the storm for the season, even playing like 15 games or something, maybe by then Hendon Hooker's fully healthy, he's practicing, he gets a shot. Who yeah. knows? I think he falls in a good situation. Because I mean, he got hurt at the end of this season, so it's going to be yeah. a while. You know, it's like, going to be a while. Yeah. 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 So, but I like, I like all three of those picks. Um, I think they're, they, they would all be uh, the Trenton Simpson and the Detroit pick would be, I mean, for them to have that, those three guys, if they could get them, that'd be amazing really for Detroit. I mean, doing a Madden simulation when this was all playing out <laughs> yeah. this way, I was like, man. Like, yeah. 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 All right, so we'll move on to 50 through 59. All right. I won't go past this time. I promise, Brad. That's uh, <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> I, pick number 50, I pick number 50. I think, like, like I mentioned before, it's kind of a toss-up for me. The first pick for Tampa would be a cornerback or an edge or an edge rusher or a defensive lineman in general. So I'm going to swing back around to pick number 50 and get a cornerback. I'm going to get Tyreek Stevenson here, maybe a little bit down the board here for some people's taste. But 6'2", 200 pounds, 4'4", speed, can easily play on the outside at a high level right away. Pick number 51, the first pick for the Miami Dolphins here. And I'm going to go with a tight end. I'm going to go with Darnell Washington. I think that's pretty much self-explanatory. I think Dwayne Smooth is the number one tight end on, on the roster. And getting someone that's 6'7", 260 pounds and can block as well as he does would just be an all-around great addition for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Seattle at pick number 52. I mean, this is another team. It's a toss-up between Seattle and Detroit who wants to win this draft. And if Felix Anadike Azama is still on the board, I mean, I think I kind of have to take him to play outside linebacker in, in the 3-4 that the Seattle Seahawks are running. I mean, that would just be amazing to get these four players – in their first four picks would be an absolute smash home run. This is a guy who I, one of my favorite prospects actually. And I, I was super high on him in a prospect profile that I did as so high to say that he should probably be a first round pick. I just think that it's the luck of the draw. And I think that he'll probably wind up being a day two selection, but I think he falls in a great situation in Seattle and uh, Chicago, I pick number 53. I got BJ Ojolari. I mean, if, if the Bears can come away from the first two picks with an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman of the of this quality, chef's kiss for them. It would be fantastic. The Chargers come around again and pick number 54 for me. 
Uh, and I'm going to go Keanu Benton here. Uh, as I mentioned before, they desperately need some defensive line help, and especially someone that can stop the run. And that's exactly what Keanu Benton can do, and he can do it at a very high level. Detroit, it gets better. I, I know you guys are probably thinking it's impossible. No, this, like, it's impossible. No? It gets better. <laughs> Tui, Tui Pelotu is my guy here. I know that I already got Will Anderson Jr. to play the edge, but, man, if he could be in a rotation with Aleem McNeil and Isaiah Bugs on that defensive line, this guy is an absolute beast. He's just one of those Samoan bulldozers that's just stronger than everyone else on the field. If you can get him on the field and pass rushing downs, he's going to be a James Houston type of impact player where James Houston was a six-round pick, but he somehow had eight and a half sacks because he was brought in in certain situations and he excelled. And I think that's exactly what Tui Pelotu can do. Uh the, Jag, the Jaguars here, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I messed up this pick, so I'm just going to roll with it in good graces as I do. I already picked Brian Branch, but for some reason I thought that with Clark Phillips still on the board, it would make sense to pick Clark Phillips. So I'm going to stick with it just because, like I said, I, 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 I got to own up to it. So <laughs> you, you get a safety and a cornerback in the first two picks. I, I, I guess I'm sorry, Jacksonville Jaguars fans. I, I really am for that one. Uh, then you have the New York Giants here, pick number 57. We're going to get that offensive line help with Joe Tittman. Joe Tittman is another guy that I said could probably sneak into the first round. I was on another show this past weekend, and I said, don't be surprised if you hear his name called uh, at the back end of the first round. Super impressive tape, super great size as well for a center, 6'6", 315. He really uses that size to his advantage to just stall those defensive linemen. I think it would be a massive upgrade to whatever the heck they got going on there in, in the middle of their offensive line. Dallas at pick number 58. I answered your question from before. I'm going Zach Charbonnet here. I think that this would make a lot of sense. And also he wants to play for the Dallas Cowboys. And there seems to be some mutual interest there in, in the second round. So I think that would be a really nice pick for them to pair with Tony Pollard and then maybe eventually take over for Tony Pollard. And then with pick number 59, uh, I think the Bills need someone to kick Spencer Brown out of the right tackle position. I mean, he's not good. He's just not been good. This past year, he was got awful of what a bunch of Bills fans have been telling me as well. Because I actually, quick side story, when I did my uh, seven-round Bills mock draft, I actually had them taking Bijan Robinson. And everyone was like, my God, did you see Spencer Brown play last year? And I was like, I did. But <laughs> Bijan Robinson is, is there. I'm going to take him. But – yeah, he was pretty poor. I like Tyler Steen as a sleeper to sneak into day two here. Um, one of the – I feel like all the Alabama linemen this year are kind of very, very low-key. Even on the defensive side, you think of DJ da you think of DJ Dale. You think of uh, Emil Echior as a guard center at the NFL level as well. They're not really getting enough love. He really, really boosted his stock at the, the Senior Bowl and at the Combine as well. So I like him here to – to boot Spencer Brown out of the right tackle position. All right. I mean, you're right about the Bama linemen and stuff. Most of the time, um, you know, Bama guys are getting all the love, uh, but the, uh, you know, they their defense this past year wasn't quite what they have been mm -hmm. minus, minus Will Anderson overall as a team. Yeah, um, right. yeah, you know, so, uh, 
you know, that's where I would stick with them. So we'll let you go ahead and kind of finish up the, the, the second round here. We'll start at 60, and I think we go to 64. I think they yes, had sir. a pick here somewhere, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we'll give you a bonus to 64. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's supposed to be, but they yeah, took well, one it, away. So, yeah. It's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. what they did with this. They, I don't know. They did something crazy with this draft order, but mysterious. Uh, finishing it up, pick number 60, you got the Cincinnati Bengals. I mentioned it before. They could go with a tight end. And I think if Luke Musgrave is still on the board at pick number 60, I think it would be a no brainer. I know they just signed Herb Smith as well, but Luke Musgrave is probably the most athletic tight end in the class. Uh, he's got a little bit of work to do in terms of being up to speed like the other guys. Like Sam Laporta would have been a good pick here as well. Laporta is probably the best deep threat, believe it or not, as at the tight end position this year. Has really soft hands, has great route running ability. But Musgrave is just kind of like kind of the Anthony Richardson of the tight end. Someone that if he could put his athleticism together, he's going to be a superstar. So I'm going to go Luke Musgrave here at pick number 60. Pick number 61 for the... Uh, Chicago Bears. I'm going to go back to the defensive line because it's that bad. I'm going to go back to back picks. I'm going to take Javon Dexter out of Florida. Another guy, 6'6", 307 pounds, just a force in the middle of that defense and a really, really good run stopper. And that's exactly what the Chicago Bears need. Pick number 62 here, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I'm going to go with a linebacker, believe it or not. And I'm going to take Diane Henley. Another guy who's really, really slept on this whole draft process. I feel like I feel like linebackers are just always completely slept on. And I think that Diane Henley is, is a guy who's been super productive the last two years at Washington State. And I think it's unfortunate that he plays at Washington State because that's a knock against him for a lot of people. But he's as productive as they come. I believe he had 131 tackles last season total. That's a lot. In 12 games, that's a lot of tackles, 131. Yeah. So yeah, it is. I'm Diane wow. Henley there. Uh, second to last pick here, Casey. I'm going back to the defensive line here. I'm going to take Isaiah Foskey, another guy who just kind of fell off the face of the earth after, you know, after the the season. I mean, a lot of things came out about him really not being able to play at the speed of the NFL level. He doesn't really have the greatest speed. I'm pretty sure he ran like the four sevens or something. So not completely ideal, but you can't argue with his production, man, over the past couple of years. Uh, and he's got great size as well, 6'6", 265. I can't argue with that size in a base 4-3. So I'm going to go with Isaiah Foskey. And then my last pick here with the Chicago Bears, a pick number 64. I'm going to go with some cornerback help here. I'm going to go with Julius Brents. I think that the one knock against Brents, two knocks actually. He's a little bit on the slower side at in, in the 4-5-2 range uh, for a cornerback, so that kind of worries me. And it seems like he's a little bit allergic to – covering linebackers on in-breaking routes. He just kind of like gives up for the most part. <laughs> Allergic. But I, think, but I think with NFL level coaching, even if it is the Chicago Bears, I think that they could write that wrong and he could be a really, really good pick for them. If he could sneak in the second round, I mean, it's, uh, being a second round draft pick is not a bad, bad deal. So definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. You know. We're getting paid more than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> well, Peter, we want to thank you for being on with us tonight and running through a first and second round, a mock draft with us. Um, we, 
We do plan on having him back before the draft and doing a three-point edition one last time um, a couple of days before the draft. And if we have time, it can fit all this in, run it a little quicker. We might do three rounds, but we'll see. We'll definitely do two. I'll tighten probably. it up for you guys. Don't worry. We'll fit yeah. in a three-rounder. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, tr- we'll try to fit it in. But, uh, Peter, we, we want to, you know, just say thanks, Manon, and doing this and having an NFL draft with us. Mock draft guy. That's what I've called him for, like, months. Um, so it, I, I'm just going to say mock draft guy. You can find him on is. YouTube. He does all kinds of, of, of great stuff, teams and players and breakdowns, and and uh, he's putting stuff out all the time right now and putting out some amazing stuff. Find, find him on YouTube um, and uh, hit him up, and we appreciate you being on with us, Peter. Brad, like I said before, man, it's about time that we got this going, and I'm glad that we yeah. were able to do it. And I really appreciate I appreciate you guys both having me on. Really do. Thank you. I'm, I I hope I didn't give you too much of a headache. I know I've I've been known to do that. <laughs> hey, man, we we greatly appreciate it. You have a good night. All right. You too. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, guys. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. That was pretty cool to have him on our show and do a mock draft for you guys. Um, You know, the NFL draft is a huge deal. Everybody likes it and everybody gets into it. So to have him come on our show and run through a two-round mock draft with us is pretty spectacular, and we hope you guys enjoyed that. Yep. A lot of of players that we ran through um, and – you know, so I don't. I didn't get an account or nothing, but a whole lot of them were SEC players. I could tell you that. Um, yes. Yeah, a whole lot of them. Um, I expect that to be how it goes on the NFL draft day as well. Correct. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to close this up with our our uh, prize picks. We are now sponsored by Price Picks, and if you go to PricePicks.com and for your first deposit, if you will use the promo code CSCAST, you can double your money up to $100. So if you put down $50, you can get $100 to play with. If you put down $100, you can get $200 to play with. And this is a daily fantasy sports, and you can go on there and have a little bit of fun with over 30 sports to choose from each night. And again, you can double your money with the code CSCAST. Pricepicks.com. <laughs> so this this weekend is Easter. Um, it is. Here in the States, at least, it's a holiday weekend. And uh, so we are going to take this Sunday off um, and uh, have a little time for family and with our family and stuff like that for Easter. Probably myself, I'm going to go probably go get some good food, get some good grub. (laughs) There you go. After, After, you know, 
on Sunday afternoon. Uh, probably going to go get some good food and uh, visit with some family and, and stuff like that. So um, John's got some kids and family and all that, and, and Jason does too. So we're going to take the day off on Sunday. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Now, what I want to say about next Tuesday is this. Tonight was our 99th show from when we first started back end of August, 1st of September. Tonight was our 99th episode overall, not on TV and not on on YouTube and stuff, but if you go back, we started on Podbean and doing Apple and Spotify and stuff like that. If you go all the way back to our first episode um, on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, all that, tonight was our 99th episode. So when we take the day off on Sunday and come back on Tuesday, Tuesday is going to be our 100th episode of College Sportscast. 100. Woohoo! 100 episodes. We're going to have a guest on with us. His name is Ben Holloway. He is from the DTS podcast. DTS stands for Death, Taxes, and Sports. Yep, the three guarantees of life. (laughs) Yep, Death, Taxes, and Sports. And he's going to be on with us for about 20, 30 minutes And then he's going to go on to his show. Then we're going to finish up our show. And then I think at least I'm going to jump on his show. And we're going to do a a show swap, basically, on Tuesday night. But it's going to be our 100th episode. And uh, you can catch that here on WSBN TV, Channel 30. And we will have... Uh, Ben Holloway from the DTS podcast. Again, that is death, taxes, and sports. And it's coming on. It's coming on April the 11th, just a few days before tax day. You know, technically. So you know, the four one one right there. It's it's good to have death, taxes, and sports on. We'll give you the four one one on four one 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 hundred death taxes. And sports. (laughs) Right? All right. So that's what's going on next week. We're going to start with that. Then we have a couple of other treats for you next week. We got a full lineup of guests next Thursday. We are scheduled to have Landrum Roberts with us from Jocks 94.5 FM radio station out of Birmingham. He's on three man front. Landrum of the Lost Landrum episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was back. one of our. That was one of our episodes. He's it. gonna. He's <laughs> gonna be on with us, and then next Sunday, not a couple of days, two days, three days from now, but the following Sunday on the sixteenth, we actually have a Seattle Seahawks draft insider going to be on with us. His name is Rob Statton. So we got a full schedule coming up for you guys. We are going to take this next one off, though. So just want to let everybody know, to fanboys and College Sportscast, if you're looking for a place 
to help people out and to give some money. We are now part of Home for Our Troops. It's a nonprofit organization that builds homes for wounded and injured vets. And they have been doing this for over 20 plus years. For every dollar that you give, 90 cents of that dollar goes towards rebuilding their lives by building them homes. And they will do this anywhere in the country, in the U.S. So if they are from New York and want to move to Texas, they will build them a house in Texas. So we ask uh, that you give and go to www.hfotusa.org. All right. We hope you enjoyed our mock draft show. And we'll tr I'll try to put out a little article, too. Hopefully one of us jotted this stuff down or something, and we'll put out a little article of at least our first-round picks um, that we went through with uh, Peter the Mock. <laughs> Everybody, you guys have a great, happy Easter, uh, a good Friday tomorrow as well, and uh, have a great Easter weekend. We will see you guys on next Tuesday night, April the 11th. Yes. That's when we'll see you back. There you go. All right. All right, everybody.